to see everybody. I'm glad all of you are here. I feel like the Lord gave me this message to preach today. I'll let you get home, but you don't have to worry about it. The, the Chiefs don't come on until 3.15. And none of you are Chiefs fan anyway. Let me see any Chiefs fans. Three of you. <laughs> okay, well, that's enough of that. Uh, uh, we uh, we uh, are, are going to be here at 4 o'clock. So, so uh, we are honored that you should do that and show up and be with us and celebrate with us. It's just, it's just punch and cake. It's just a little fruit and a little bit of uh, just side stuff, uh, refreshments. For just an hour or two, and I'm sure the girls put together some pictures. You want to see pastor with hair? Come at 4 o'clock. Um, and I didn't lose my hair because I was married, because God gifted me with a great gift. I lost my hair because I was a youth pastor. You get it, huh? Hold on to it as long as you got it there, bear. Youth ministry, we love it. Let's be the light day. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, who've been called out of darkness into that marvelous light. And, and I think that whenever uh, Joel prophesied and also Peter preaching Acts 2, reminding us again a prophetic word that happened way back in Joel, um, we are living today in the end of the last days. Still in the church age. I said we're still in the church age. But I don't think we're going to be here for long because I believe the Lord is just soon to be coming. And on this National Speed the Light Day, I, I just coming off the series of Talking to God series. I enjoyed it. Did anybody else enjoy the Talking to God series? I enjoyed it because I want to know how to better know God. And the best way to get to know someone is to talk and listen to them. Forty years of being married to Melissa, I don't even have to talk. She can read my mind. How many know what I'm talking about? Just before I say it, uh, it doesn't stop me from saying it, though, because I'm a talker. But anyway, uh, we think uh, we think the same thoughts. We, we live the same vision and purpose in life. God used both of us, called us into ministry, helped us raise our church and pastor three great churches. And this would be uh, our goal to be the last before the rapture. And so um, what a blessing. What a blessing to, uh, to be a part of it. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes in light of last two weeks of Israel and the Speed the Light Day about making the great transfer, uh, making the great faith transfer, okay? Because your faith is not just for you to live and then you die. If you look all throughout the scriptures, they lived. If you look at uh, genealogies, they lived. They had children. They died, okay? So many, many people had children. In fact, my parents uh, had 11. I'm the baby of 11. Yes, that's, what, that's what's wrong with me. Okay, <laughs> get that out of the way. But people used to have a lot of kids. Now they only have uh, one family has an average of 1.6 children. I called my sister this week, and I said, you're probably the, the 0.6. I thought it was funny, but you don't have to laugh. That's all right. She thought it was funny. But, uh, but they had lots of kids. They used them on the farm. Children are a heritage of the Lord. And you have a, a legacy to leave. You have a, a faith to be transferred. So making the great transfer means we have a responsibility to do more than simply take care of ourselves and our own spiritual maturity. Absolutely, you need to take care 
of your personal spiritual walk with God. But it also needs to be reflected on the people around you. Mainly, primarily, number one priority is your children. Right? I mean, that is the greatest disciples you'll ever raise up are your kids. And so then in your church, our church kids, our church kids, thank God that, that uh, Mark and Rhonda, Baron Ruth, and, uh, and uh, you know, Chrissy and Taylor and others, and Tori and Caleb and uh, Betty Jo and Josiah are investing in our young people. It's important to pass the faith along to the next generation. And so there is a whole other generation who will follow in our footsteps. Other generations are, are coming behind us, and we must leave them something more than brick and mortar. I mean, you know, we're going to build a new building, thank God. But listen, they don't need a new brick building. They need faith in Jesus Christ. They need a foundation faith. They need a Pentecostal heritage. They need a lot that is going to sustain them all the way to heaven. You can build another building, but buildings come and go. But we must make a Pentecostal transfer. I personally was challenged to the core this week, watching the terrorists, terrorists do their diligence to raise an army, to raise an army of little terrorists. I mean, you know, if the devil and the evil of this world can raise up terrorists from the time they can teach them in schools the evil propaganda of hating people and killing people in the name of Allah. By the way, Allah is not Yahweh. Don't be deceived. Allah is not Yahweh. And so they say it's the same, but I want you to know what it is. It's a counterfeit God. Somebody going to help the preacher preach today? It might be my last message, so I might as well preach it. The Quran is a counterfeit book. Muhammad is a counterfeit prophet. And Allah is a counterfeit God. And so, therefore, that propaganda that they teach early on is not of God. It's a counterfeit. Only 700 years old. Is anybody hearing me? This book been around before the world began. God is God, and there is no other. So I was challenged from birth. They indoctrinate, they negative propaganda. They train them as teens to war and hate people. They, they lead them to death itself if need be while we watch Satan steal our youth and snatch away the next generation. I'm preaching truth. And so I think God wants us to raise up another generation to know God. But the saddest words of the Old Testament, Joshua took over after Moses died. There rose up a generation that did not know God nor the things of God. That's a sad state of affairs and much like what's happening in our own day. And so not on our watch. Come on, Old Grove. I said not on our watch. We are responsible to transfer a faith in Christ to the next generation. So God help us raise an army, a new royal army a royal priesthood. Amen? And so on this day, I'm bringing a challenge to Oak Grove to make the great transfer. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. I want to go there first, and then I'll come to Psalm 16. Okay? This is what it says. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I don't want to transfer or leave anything that, that you know what, Melissa and I worked hard, and hopefully when we uh, die, we can leave something for the girls and their grandkids or whatever. Hopefully we can. Hopefully we can if, if, if the government doesn't take it all. 
and they're quickly trying to do their best. It'll be all in the pumps. But, but I do want to leave them something more eternally valuable than just money or wealth. Transfer your wealth, that's okay. Transfer your health, that's okay. But absolutely transfer your faith. Amen? Make the great transfer. And it takes a transfer of our DNA spiritually and transfer a love for God, a passion for Jesus, a love for his word, a love for the Holy Spirit, a love for his church, a love for the mission of God. How I many know oh, we need to transfer these things to the next generation? That's our challenge. So now turn with me in Psalm 16, 1 through 11, and uh, we'll find some powerful words from uh, the psalmist there. Preserve me, O God, for you, in you I put my trust. So verse 1, the psalmist is crying out in distress and despair. Okay? It's a plea. It's a cry to God. And, uh, and it seems like, uh, how many have ever been there? I've been crying out this week, oh God, intervene on behalf of the people, right? Especially the innocent people on both sides of that wall. Yeah, both Palestinian and Jew. And so, oh my soul, look what he says. You have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Nothing. As for the saints who are on the earth, that's us. You made it in the Bible, folks. They are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. David is saying, I delight in the people who love the Lord and fear God. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. So anybody who worships another God besides Yahweh, we're going to be filled with sorrow and filled with no hope. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. David's saying, not for me. How many made up your mind you're going to serve God and God alone? I am not going to bow to any idols. I ain't no other God before my God, and I'm going to stand up for him and trust him all the way, right? Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. So he starts off in distress, lacking confidence and hope, but by the time he's ended up to the end of the verse 11, you see a change in the atmosphere. How many know you have to change the way you speak? You set the atmosphere of your faith. As, as, as you have faith, your mouth speaks what your heart believes. Out of, the, out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're always speaking death, always speaking doubt, how I many know you have to change the way you talk? Change the way you speak. Let your heart be filled with hope and faith in Christ. You maintain my lot. I like this one, verse 6. The lines have fallen to me. In pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. He's coming to grips with something. It's falling to me. Favor has fallen to me. And I have a great inheritance. Therefore, I have to make a great transfer. I must give that great prize I have to the next generation. Otherwise, I'm hoarding and hiding and getting greedy. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. I mean, he's received counsel from the Lord himself. Anybody here? I received, bless the Lord who I received counsel from. My heart also instructs me in the night hour. How many have the Lord talking to you in night seasons? Let me tell you about our God. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's not going to put you on hold. He doesn't have call waiting. How I many know he's always available to talk to you? 
in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. What confidence. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave me or my soul and Sheol, the grave, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. That is a prophetic, messianic Jesus prophecy that Jesus did not, he did taste death, but only for a couple of days. How many glad he came out of the grave on the third day? Yes, indeed. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It, it means this. We have a great responsibility to pass the faith to the next gen. That's what this whole thing's about. And I wish I had time to break the entire psalm down. It's powerful. But I want to focus on verse 5 and 6. Oh, Lord, you're the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Can I tell you, if you have the Lord and God has you, you have a supreme treasure. How many glad he is our Savior? He is our sovereign. He is supreme in our life. If that's true of you, then you're going to be all right. But it's not just about you. There are little ones coming up behind you. When in the last few weeks, 10 weeks, we've had 10 funerals. Our church is, is aging. Our people are aging. Are anybody hearing me? The Bible says, precious in the sight of God are the death of his saints. Don't, don't get grievous. I mean, no, it's appointed unto man once to die. It happens. It happens. It happens unless God does a miraculous thing like he just did for Ronnie. That is a, that's heaven on earth. How many know that a miracle, a healing, is a, a, a taste of heaven on earth? Heaven came down and touched her life. If not, she could have gone to heaven and still been okay. And even though God healed Lazarus from the dead, by the way, how many know that's a pretty big heal, healing from death itself? He still ended up dying. Why? Because it's appointed unto man wants to die. And then the judgment. So not only are you accountable to God for your own spiritual DNA, you're going to be accountable, I'm going to be accountable for what we left behind to our children and to our grandchildren. I hope you're getting this. This is my chosen portion, he says, my cup. Listen, friends, in the midst of these terrible end times and events, real confidence is hard to find. But we see the psalmist starting off, I'm pleading to God, oh, Lord, help me. But by the time we get to the end, he said, I have confidence. I shall not be moved. What a powerful way. How did David go from being distressed to being in victory, from trouble to triumph? And that's what I want to deal with just a little while because I'm finding in our culture today, the students are having emotional instability, mental instability. Our youth are having some issues. It's at an all-time low. They are so depressed and hurt. And I get it. The things are shaking up all around us, but God is my refuge and strength and a very present help in time of trouble. He is my rock and my refuge. You see, once you know who he is, you got to learn how to pass that along. Your faith can be transferred to another generation. Now, we're not talking Benny Hinn stuff where, you know, from the grave, you know, Catherine Kuhlman's spirit came upon him. I mean, no, 
I don't believe in all that foolishness. I said, Jesus' spirit came upon me. Nobody else, not Mary, not, Mar- not Catherine Kuhlman or any other person. I mean, no, they are not anything but people. But Jesus is the Christ. His spirit lives and reigns and rules. Amen? I'll take that one. So you got to be careful here. But I, I want you to understand we need an anchor for the soul. We need a faith that is unshaken. We need an authentic confidence to transfer to a generation who is full of insecurities and fears and helplessness and hopelessness. Many of having to be medicated, can't function, can't think. Young families are concerned about their futures. And David opens up with a cry, preserve me, O God. Preserve my family. Protect me. Preserve me. Help me. But by the time he gets to verse 8, he declares, I will not be shaken. Come on, church. It's time for us to rise up in confident kind of faith. The Bible says we have this confidence that whatever we ask in his name, believing, it shall be done. I mean, don't you believe that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word, you learn how to get it in your spirit and then learn how to get it out of your mouth and speak what's coming in. If junk is coming in, it's a good chance junk might be coming out. It matters what you invest in, what you digest. So David opens up, but he he ends up transforming his own life. You see, before you can transfer your faith, you first must be transformed by faith. So we need to know a few things. Number one, we, we need to know what we believe about our God. We need to know what we believe about our God. That is, uh, that is so serious. I'm so far behind. You just hang in there. I'll catch up. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I was so transformed when I read about a little further, a little bit more study about uh, Moses' mother, Jochebed. Man, wow. What a woman of faith. She got it. She understood how to transfer her faith to another generation. It's powerful. And, and, and we need to believe, we need to know, she's a Hebrew woman of God, a worshiper of Yahweh. It could be life and death for us today if we don't or do transfer. If we don't, how many know it's death? If we do, it's life. I said, if you transfer your faith to the next generation, it's life for the church until the Lord comes. If you refuse to transfer the generation, your faith, it's death. Are you hearing me? So I just want to look at Moses' mother, Jochebed. She was so powerful. Her name means Yahweh is glory. That's what her name means. And she was the daughter of Levi, um, her husband, also a Levite. She's the third of Jacob's uh, Levi. Uh, her, she's the third of Jacob's sons, right? Uh, Levi, born just as they entered Egypt. That's when Jochebed was born. But when Pharaoh ordered every baby boy to be killed, She stepped up in faith and said, not on my watch. I guess that's the challenge from Pastor Ron and Melissa to you today. We love Oak Grove, and should the Lord tarry, we want Oak Grove to be here another 80 years. I want to see another 40 years with my lady. I don't know if we'll see another 10. Not because of anything we do. She stuck with me. She can't trade. You can't trade in a 40 for two 20s. 
but we believe we're going to go in the rapture. And, and if not, if the Lord should tarry, there needs to be a church at 1320 South Oak Grove Avenue. Not just a building, not brick and mortar. There needs to be people of faith, and it won't happen unless we transfer that faith. Is anybody getting this so far? So, so it's important because uh, when you look at uh, Abraham, he had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. You understood? They learned how to pass it on. Are you hearing me? And Moses had Joshua. So, so we need to be very serious about this. What did she do? What did she do? She didn't sit back and let every baby die, especially hers. But she put her faith to action. This is what you need to hear and understand. Satan has a strategy for this next generation. He has a plan. He wants to snuff them out one by one. He wants us to confuse them. He wants them to be confused. They don't even know their origin. They don't even know their identity. They don't even know how to sign their name in cursive. Help me out here. I can't believe some of the things I'm seeing in my day. Say, what's so big about signing your name in cursive? They made me do it. I think they ought to make everybody do it. That's what it is. As parents in these days, Satan is trying to kill off the next generation with a strategy from hell itself. He wants to do what he's always wanted to do, kill the seed. You saw the video of Speed the Light. In one apple, one seed could have 50,000 trees, 50,000 apples or whatever it was. You saw the video. One seed. How many know there's power in the seed? There is power and potential in the next generation of young people. Somebody needs to help pastor preach. It doesn't sound like you believe that. Is there anybody here believe there's power in the next gen? Absolutely. It's your kids. It's your grandkids. Of course there is. Of course there is. And they must be invested in. You must see the potential of the seed before Satan kills it. Oh, he wouldn't do that. Well, when Moses was being born, Jacobed knew that Pharaoh was pretty serious about destroying every baby boy. So she did something about it. And my challenge to you is to do something about it. By faith, she took that baby up and wrapped him up, put him in the little basket, and put him on in the Nile. It would be better for him to take a chance with God than to be left with Pharaoh, whose goal is to kill, steal, and destroy the whole generation. That's Old Testament. You want a New Testament? Go to the New Testament. Herod, when Jesus was born, wanted to kill the seed before it ever got started. And in America today, abortion is the very same thing. Kill the seed before the generation rises up to call Jesus Lord. Are y'all hearing me? I'm going to keep preaching anyway. We must give our kids a chance and go with God's strategy, not Satan's. And faith is the prerequisite. You got to have faith. You can't pass your faith along if you don't even have it. Got to have something to have. Hebrews 11:23. By faith Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months. Why, Pastor? Because look at this. They saw the child was beautiful. They saw the child was beautiful. You know what that means? They saw potential in Moses. And Miriam's like, Mom, what are you doing? You gonna help kill all the babies? Absolutely not, baby girl. I'm gonna save every baby. So the midwife, she became a midwife and had the privilege, the favor, 
the sovereign plan of God allowed her to nurse her own child and not her own only. I believe she did that for many Hebrew babies. That's an investor. That's somebody who sees the situation and wants to do something about it. So, mom and dad, you need to see potential in the next generation. Church, you need to see potential. They saw the potential. The child was beautiful, and they didn't fear the king's edict. See, we cannot succumb to the fear and all the propaganda and all the lies and all the ideologies that are going on around us. I mean, no, we must stand strong and true to the word of God. That's where our faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your kids need to see three things from you in, light, in, your, in your life. Uh, that can that help you transfer to them your faith. Number one, they need to see commitment. They need to see commitment. I already did that. They need to see commitment. I've never seen a day like today in church. Really, I've pastored uh, uh, 35 of the 40 years we've been married, we've pastored. 35 years, I've never seen a day. I understand I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But some folks think it's okay just to go to church once a month, satisfied with that, or once a say, you know, once a week, whatever you think you're you're good with. Check the box and made it. I made it to church. I fulfilled my obligation. I mean, no, church is more than just going to a building and checking a box and fulfilling an obligation. It's your life. In the Jewish culture, church was the the well. Church was the place in the community that everything happened at the synagogue. They trained their kids there. They taught them. They blessed them. They did everything there. The church was the center of the house, the community. Obviously, your house should be the center. Your heart, your house, and your church, and then the world. But how many know there's a lot of folks that are not committed? We need to be covenant-keeping people. If you're going to be like God, how many know you have to be a covenant-keeping people? Standing your ground, staying the course. You need courage. Don't fear what the culture says. Don't fear what the, what the culture thinks. They can shut us down or try to silence us, you know, but they're not going to silence me. I can preach. I can preach behind bars. I can preach without bars. Hello? You can cancel me on Facebook. It'll give me more time to study the Word. Please do, right? Because I don't even know how to work that thing anyway. And Siri thinks she knows everything. She does know a lot. But the third one is consistency. What our children and grandchildren need more than anything is consistency. So listen, Mom and Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa, don't watch your kids and grandkids grow up and tell them to be consistent when you're not. Don't demand from them what you're not showing them by example to do. That's called hypocrisy. Don't tell them to tithe when you never tithe in your life. Don't tell them to go to church when you come up, when to go, and when you want. Come in late, leave early. Preach, preacher. It's my birthday. I'm going to let it all hang out here. Live the example. Be consistent in front of your children. How? By not caving to the pressure of this world. Don't be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed. So you can't transfer until you get transformed. They'll watch you, 
And when they watch you, monkey see? Thank you. I'm not calling you a monkey. I'm just saying. It's a principle. So what do you want, what do you want me to pass on, Pastor? Well, I think we need to pass on the treasure of knowing the Word of God. Could somebody shout amen to that? Pass on the treasure of your Pentecostal heritage. Pass on the treasure of your missional purpose. Did they watch you give to Speed the Light? Do they see you write a check to missions? Do they see you going on mission trips? Do they see you involved in the harvest? Do they see you evangelizing? Do they see you witnessing? Do they see any of that? Because if they don't, don't expect. So you can't expect what you don't inspect. Look at it. Make sure. Do they see you reading your word? Do they see you a student of the word? Do they know that you're hungry for God? Are they seeing your hands in worship? They're bowing your head in prayer. They ever watch you make an altar? One of the most incredible things, uh, I guess it was VBS this past summer. I went to the altar. None of the kids responded. I went to the altar, and here came a running Hudson or Ellie. I don't remember which one. I think it was Hudson. Ran to the altar, got right there with me. And then when we was on the missions trip, uh, that, was, that was awesome too. Uh, I went to the altar at, uh, at uh, Tulsa. Where were we? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. And I went to the altar uh, because uh, we gave the altar call at our devotions. And directly here comes uh, uh, Corbin. Corbin came. Is, is Corbin here? He's in Children's Church. He came and, listen, he didn't just go to the altar because Pastor went to the altar. He got in the exact same posture on the altar that Pastor got on the altar. When I got up from there and I looked, I had to back up and take a picture. Do you understand? We are leading a generation. I take kids on mission trips. You know why? Not because I've lost my mind. I feel like I have once I got back. But I want them to know that they are our chosen generation. They're royal priesthood. They're a holy nation. They are priests unto God, little missionaries in the making. Who knows what God can do? Hey, folks, we better start doing some training in the house of God. Your doctors need to be Christian. Your lawyers need to be Christian. Come on, your anesthesiologist needs to be a Christian. Let me know he's putting you under. He can put you further under than you think. I love it when I go to surgery. haven't had to go to surgery. But if I had to, I want to know there's a God-fearing man or woman. Come on now. I want my heart doctor to be more than just a cardiologist. I want him to be a <laughs> man or woman of God. Hello? So I'm convicted. I'm convicted lately. Um, on, on Every time I preach, I, I want to instill into the people at Oak Grove sound doctrine. Why, Pastor? Why is that on your heart? Well, Paul warns, 2 Timothy 4.3, the time will come. When men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap unto themselves teachers, preachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away from the truth and be turned to fables. We already hear talk right now of the Old Testament being just fables, not the inspired word of God. But the Old Testament is irrelevant. Red Sea really didn't open. I'd like to shout it from the mountaintop. How I many know oh, God opened up the Red Sea? God breathed and opened up the Red Sea and the Jordan. And one of these days, he's coming back in the eastern sky, 
And I said, we will rise to meet him. He said it, and I believe it. I believe it with all my heart, and I share it with my family and friends. Amen. So I say that we should give our kids and grandkids, the next generation, the pure word of God, a solid theology. It should be prioritized. And at Oak Grove it is. From the very nursery, they're learning that God is God and there is no other. And that he loves them. From the nursery. Oh, pastor, zero to five? How can they comprehend that? Can I tell you something? Those kids, those babies, they can feel the love of God in the arms of the people who are holding them. And they can hear their prayers. And they know that heart. That heartbeat is transferring the DNA of who you are in this house to those babies. And the children, to the youth, to the young adults, and the adults, and the senior adults. One of the core values of our church is everybody has a right to the presentation of the gospel on their level of need. Every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every wicked sinner ought to be able to come into the Oak Grove house and hear the gospel. We don't shun anybody, okay? We don't cater to sin. We don't condone it, but we certainly don't condemn sinners. So how many know that's God's job? He's the end all judge. So we don't condone sin, and we don't condemn sinners. Talked to somebody this past week. Said, can I come to church? They were talking about a sin that they were involved in. I said, you, yes, absolutely you can come to Oak Grove. You may not feel good when you get there because I'm going to lay the word of God on you. But I got good news for you. You can get saved just like the rest of us. How many know it's the same gospel? If the blood of Jesus was good enough to forgive your sins, it's good enough to forgive the sins of all mankind. I don't care what sin they're involved in. Bring it. So, it's pure, unadulterated word. It's the same gospel. Passed along to the same gospel. It's not a new gospel. So we're not propagating a new gospel. Maybe new methodologies by which they hear it. Maybe techniques to give it to a child and a baby as opposed to a senior and an adult. We're going we're gonna to hand uh, uh, pick a way to make sure they understand it. Everybody clear on that? But we're not going to mess with the Word of God. Number two, we're going to pass on the Pentecostal heritage. Right? Psalm 16, 6. The lines are falling to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a godly heritage. I didn't know anything about Pentecost, friends. I've been saved 41 years, married 40. Melissa wanted to make sure I was really saved before she married me. So, smart girl. She wanted to make sure I was after Jesus and not just Melissa. Don't make me raise, make you raise your hand and say, how did you get to the church? Because you followed a girl into the house of the Lord. Many people got saved that way. I don't care how you got saved. I'm just glad you're in the kingdom. Amen? You went to youth camp and voila. But I want you to know that uh, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit without knowing anything about glossolalia, speaking in tongues. I didn't know anything about uh, eschatology or pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. I'd never read the Bible before I got saved. But what happened was I went to the altar on Thanksgiving Eve, 1982. I started praising God for my brand new life. I had a brand new life. Man, all things were passed away, and behold, all things were new. 
I was transformed by the glory of God, and I got to caught up praising the Lord. And before I knew it, I was speaking in an unknown language. So don't tell me. I know that I know I have a Pentecostal heritage. Nobody made me. Nobody taught me. Nobody said, say, A-A-A-A or B-B-B-B. That's foolishness. How many know when God gets ready to baptize you, you don't have to learn it. You can experience God personally. The only thing you have to do is be saved, have faith in Jesus Christ. That's your first prerequisite. The second thing is yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Satan's a devil, and he's always putting tricks and things in your mind, trying to, to uh, refute and stop what God is trying to speak into your spirit. And it takes faith to speak out of your mouth what the Spirit's saying into your spirit. Are you hearing me? That's how you have a heritage. So this is what David said. Uh, he said, I'm, uh, I have a godly heritage, and I'm going to pass that along. Now, as Jacobed was a very good mother to Moses. David wasn't the best father. He was a great king, a great king. But that great king made some bad decisions. And, you know, I'm glad for forgiveness. How many glad that we are redeemed? Anybody glad, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? But here's the deal. When you make decisions, your kids are seeing the decisions you're making, and they will follow through with you. Listen, Daddy, if you hit a single, little Johnny's going to hit a home run. He's going to want to do better than you. If it's positive, go for it. If it's negative, stop it. Because they're going to do it. You are an influence today whether you realize it or not. Grandma and Grandpa, you're an influence whether you realize it or not. They're watching you. They're watching you. So, so you know, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to be when I get a little older. I'm already a grandpa. Poppy, they call me. But um, And I'm feeling a couple of aches and pains since Thursday. I'll tell you, I had pain in my hip I didn't have before Thursday. And I'm like, what is this? Is this, this is 60. This is 60. Glad to be in the clan with you new people on Advil and ibuprofen and Jesus. But if I have to, <laughs> if I have to crawl up to this altar so my kids and my grandkids can see me in the altar, I think that's what I'm going to try to do. They got their eyes on Poppy. Trust me on this one. And I want to leave a heritage. I am first-generation Pentecostal. But the fear is that the next gen will grow up in an age where they don't even know about the Holy Spirit at all. God help us. They don't even know the Lord's word or the word of the Lord. They don't even know about the Holy Spirit and his power. They've never seen a miracle or healing or experienced the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit or the Spirit-filled believer's life. Conviction, knowing how to hear from God and, and discern the will of God and walk in the word of God and the ways of God. They, they need to be taught that. So I say stand up, speak up, and set an example for the next generation. And everybody shout it. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Let them see you worship. Let them hear you pray. Let them watch your life. You should be rehearsing for them who God is. Not in speculation like you're not sure. 
like, I think God created the heavens and the earth. No, 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 no. How I many know there is no other way? There is no other way. Evolution is not another option. Are you kidding me? There's no evolution. Show me the evolution. Scientists, show me the evolution. Where is the half monkey, half frog? Don't see him. You know why? The missing link. The whole thing's missing. Their brain's missing. But the word of God says, in the beginning, God said, and it was so. Created order. Given by God, his spoken word. In six days, he created it all. On the seventh day, he rested. You know why? Not because God needs rest. Our God doesn't need rest. He's not tired. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He doesn't lose energy. He doesn't need to be revived. Our God is God. Do you understand that? And I think that's what took David from distress to confidence. He began to speak it. He began to declare it. He began to rehearse it. In confidence, he is our Savior. He is our sovereign. He's our great treasure. Not only does he protect us from without, he gives us wisdom from within. He's God, and there is no other. He's God, and there is no other. Who is like our God? Who is like our God? Nobody. Nobody. I want you to see this because he is our source. David, he said, he said, he's my portion. He's my lot. Folks, this is not drawing for straws. This is not by chance. This is not, this is not a hope. This isn't luck. It's not Chinese fortune cookie. God is God. He's sovereign. And he's going to watch over you. And he's going to watch over your children and your children's children to as many as them as are far off. The godly heritage is yours. David said, you are my light. You are my salvation. He says we are led by the sovereign God who rules and reigns, not just in the big picture of creation and the last days, in every small detail of your daily life. He's God. I don't know. I feel like I'm preaching much better than you're shouting. Psalm 16, 2. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Sounds just like John 15. He is the vine and we are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. We are nothing. We have nothing. Empty and void. And when I'm distressed and when I'm tired and when I'm empty and when I'm broken, he is not. Therefore, he is my rock and my refuge, a very present help in a time of trouble. And when the storms blow around me and it's all out of control, he speaks one word and everything says peace. That's how it is. So our kids have been so infiltrated by media today, and I, I know some of it might be okay, but, but never let it take our Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Never let it take the place of the gospel. That ought to be rehearsed. Let them know it. Let them learn it. Teach it to them by music. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts and Romans and Corinthians, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, Jane, Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, and Revelation. 
Say, how silly. Oh, yeah? Well, when my babies get up here and sing that, I want you to clap like they are the, just won the Grammy Award. You know why? I'm teaching them the Word. I got adults sitting in church can't name the books of the New Testament, much less the books of the Old Testament. Where's that? Where's that? Hezekiah. Don't let the enemy take it away from you. Let them hear you pray. Hide them in your prayer closet. Daddy, let them see you worshiping, lifting your hands, crying tears, going to the altar. Mama, let them see you interceding. Oh, Grove, we've been entrusted with a treasure. Let us commit to transforming and transferring it to the next generation. I'm going to close today with uh, the last verse. You can come back to the platform. Revelation 2.10, my wife's favorite. Melissa, I'm going to close with this verse on our anniversary. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Oh, Grove, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't give in. How many know God's going to help us? <laughs> oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing to you. You have favored me. Would you stand with me, old Grove? I want to help you. I want to make a commitment. Don't make the church a place where you take your kids on Sunday. And for God's sake, don't drop them off and leave them here and go home. Make a commitment today to make the transfer. I have a quote, only one quote. You can quote me on it. I didn't put it on the platform, the PowerPoint. Yeah, I did. Here's my quote. You cannot leave a legacy you did not live. Ron Moran. Quote it, tweet it, do whatever you want with it. When I die, put it on a little poster right there next to the casket. You can't leave something you didn't live. Empty. Empty words, empty life. Don't refuse to leave it and certainly don't refuse to live it. Commit to pass prayer along. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Jude says pray in the Spirit. Pass that along. Commit to that. Commit to passing generosity along. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. With good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men add to your bosom. Teach your kids to be generous, to be kind, compassionate, merciful. Teach them to tithe. Teach them to do to. Do missions. Remember when Tori was just a little girl and somebody in the church gave her a $5. And uh, Melissa said, Tori, what are you going to do with your $5? She said, well, I'm going to give it to Jesus. Spend it on Jesus. Then Melissa wrote an article in the evangel. Spend it on Jesus. Five years old. Any of you have a five-year-old mind? You should. Generosity. Commit to the harvest. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Holy uh, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm be, I'm with you, teaching them to, to uh, obey all things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Teach them that. Memorize it yourself, because you don't memorize it, they won't be able to memorize it. Okay? Commit to the harvest. Commit to the relationships around you. Romans 12, 5. We are many. We who are many are one body. One body. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Teach your kids not to burn every bridge behind them. Keep your covenants. 
Keep your covenant at work. Keep your covenant at home. Keep your covenant at church. Everywhere you go, if you're burning bridges and hating people and people hating you, learn how to forgive somebody. Y'all ought to be shouting right now. Commit to the word of God afresh and anew. And may those who come behind us find us faithful. David closes verse uh, chapter 16 on a high note with confidence and hope. Moving from anxiousness to awe, from pleading to praising, from troubles to triumph in God's glory. He said this, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. You will never abandon me. You You made known to me the path of life, the favor of God. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't know. That's the word of the Lord that he gave to me. We're very serious about taking this gospel to the next generation. It doesn't mean we ignore this generation. Obviously, you have to have something to be able to give to them. That's our commitment to you. Teach and train you to you can teach and train them. These altars are open today. If you want to bring your family, if grandparents are here, bring the whole clan. I want you to take your clan and bring them down here. If you don't have a clan, I'll be right here. You'll be a part of my clan. Melissa and I, clan, come be a part of ours. Please, take your family. Make a family altar right now. And we'll close in prayer with a family gathering. If Oak Grove is your family, come. Pablo, venga. Venga aquí. Come on, be your familia. Come, Pablo. Come up here. Stand with me. Come on. Hey! Your family, your children, their children, their children. Please be upon many thousand generations. Your family.
making a fresh commitment this week. Challenged by Al-Qaeda. Challenged by Hamas. Challenged by Hezbollah. Who's going to spend hours and days and millions and billions of dollars to infiltrate, doctrinate, and confuse a whole generation of young people to breed hate and violence and corruption and evil. Well, Old Grove stands here today not to single anybody out. But how many know there's only God and there's only evil? And I want to be on the side of God. I want to, I want to propagate the gospel. I want to entrain and infiltrate a generation to be a holy nation, a peculiar people called out of darkness and brought into his marvelous life. Come on, friends. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Let's make a fresh commitment to God. Father God, as Oak Grove Assembly of God, we are here to fight against the strategies of hell, to fight against the strategies of the enemy who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to take our kids, trying to wrap their minds and warp their minds and, and control their thoughts and bring fear. Oh, God, help us. Help us. We cry out to you. faith in God. Have faith in God. Some of you I understand today might have family members that are not right with God. If that's you, I would like for you to hear this preacher. I still believe prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. I still believe in that. If you have a family member, a cousin, a nephew, an aunt or uncle, doesn't matter. If you have somebody you know that's away from the Lord, I want you to step up. Help. Let us have prayer for you. You have a family member that's away from the Lord and you want us to pray with you that they would come home. How I many know God has, has, has not yet come? The night hasn't come. It's still day. And as long as it's day, there's grace available. There's forgiveness available. There's forgiveness available. Family members, bring your family. Bring your family. Bring your kids. Bring your grandkids. Bring your moms, your dads, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins. Bring your neighbors. Bring your friends. Now, Lord, I pray you baptize us with conviction. Baptize this group right here with compassion. May the mercy of God fall on us today. We've been blessed with our cup is full. We have inherited a godly heritage. But Lord, sometimes, sometimes the enemy comes in and tries to steal one of the sheep from the sheepfold. Comes in, disguised, dressed, a wolf, 
dressed up like sheep. An angel dressed up in light when actually there's no light in them. There's nothing but darkness. He warps the mind. He confuses the brain, confuses the emotions, confuses the mental capacity. But right now, we've got moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. we got kids praying for their parents, parents praying for their children, grandparents praying for their great-grandchildren and their grandchildren. we got a church praying for a lost, confused world. And on this day, we don't know how much time we have left, God. It sure, it sure looks like me, like things are shaking up all around the world. It's shaking up. So, Lord, I pray your hand upon ours. I pray like David, you would protect us from without and would give us wisdom from within. That, Lord, you would protect Oak Grove family. That there's any sons and daughters that are away from the fold. You would, we'd call them. Come on now, Oak Grove, I want you to call them home right now with your own words. Call out their names. Call out their names. Just you and the Lord. Call out their name. Father, I've heard you do it. God, I've seen you do it. When people have called out the name of their kids, their kids came home. We refuse today, Lord, to stand idly by while the enemy takes away our next generation, the way our our heritage. We broke the curse in our family, and we refuse to let the enemy break the chain. Oh, God, don't let him break the chain. Don't let them break the chain. Help us, Lord, all over the world to keep this gospel alive, to keep this Pentecostal heritage alive, keep the word of God alive, keep the church alive. Let, oh, Lord, there be a church here should you tarry. And, Lord, should you come, may we take as many people out of this place as we can. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We intervene. We intercede. Okay, come on. Let's pray for Israel. Come on. Father God, right now for Israel, we stand as a church. May you help us as a nation stand by the side of Israel. As a church, we stand by the people of Israel. For the God of Israel has not done. He's not even begun. Father, show out. Do what you and only you can do. Protect all the innocent people that you can. Eradicate any of the evil that might be stopping them from having peace and hope and a peace-filled life. Let's sing the doxology. Close out our service with an amen. Amen? Come on. Lift your hands and sing it with us now. Protect and guide them. 
Let us hear testimonies, Lord, this week, this month, before the end of this year, that this one came home, that that one been restored. There's new hope here. There's forgiveness found there. This one's realigning themselves. This one's recommitting themselves. This one's made a new covenant. This one's added faith to that one, and that one added faith to that one, and the church and the people grew together in unity. Father, Lord.